Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get it. Oh, how do we do this again? So much energy on a Monday. I'm telling you, man. This is oh how I God. know I love my job. I oh. show up on Monday. I'm excited. I'm excited to do the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMV Another Podcast. Let's go. Mailbag Monday edition. We're settling in. First half of your Monday always sucks. You got the Sunday scaries. They lead into Monday. You're at work. But yeah. then the DMBA show comes on. And so you go, you know what? The sun is bright. The birds are chirping. The, horn, the, nuggets, the horns are airing. The nuggets are reigning NBA champions. <laughs> and then after this show, it's just all downhill. <laughs> so then the rest of the week just sucks, just drags <laughs> on for the rest. We do have a great show for you. I'm excited. A lot of these topics. I was sitting here thinking last night, as I try to plan out the show or think about different things, I'm sitting here going, who's the team of the decade every year? And I realized there is a distinct team of the decade every decade, but 2020s, very open. Wide open. Could it be the Denver Nuggets become the team of the decade? We're going to debate that. There was a very interesting Team USA game over the weekend. I have some. Mm. I can't wait to talk about oh, it. Actually, even baby. though it's not that Nugget specific, I'm excited. And then you guys sent in some bangers this week. Good job, everybody. Some weeks the questions come in. Not so great. Wow. Today there Calling was out the listeners. Well, here's what I think <laughs> happens. Sometimes our mailbags come out of the blue, and people are like, I'm not prepped for this. Yeah. So they just throw a rotation question. But now everyone knows every Monday. Monday mailbag. When, you, when you're not prepped for it, you're just like, oh, what about Stagger? Would, <laughs> yes. would you bring PJ Dozier back? <laughs> you guys are really guys. calling out you're, some No, people. I'm just kidding. You guys are crushing it. Look at the homies. I, I actually would love some rotation questions. Today. You know what? We haven't even talked about PJ Dozier out. Maybe we'll add him to the list. A little partisan legend. I think we talked about uh, it. I, I think we probably already did. Yeah. Um, hat backwards. Hair behind the hat. It's Harrison Wind. Had a great weekend, guys. Feeling rested. Rejuvenated. Ready to go. Concert? I did go to a concert. How was it? It was great, man. It was. How did you know I went to a concert? Yeah. You posted it on Twitter. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Yes, it is. I did. Posted it on Twitter. Is going to the? I can't remember what it was. The guy that was at the stadium. Oh yeah. Well, I saw Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah. At Mile it was, High. It wasn't it the most packed the Mile High's ever been. Do you uh, not know maybe about your own concert? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't looking up attendance numbers. No. Have you guys seen Severance? Because I think Harrison, maybe more than anyone, goes home. Right. New, new recording, new trip on the odometer. <laughs> it was it was a great concert, other than the rain delays, which were kind of ridiculous. But it was fun. Uh, and then fresh off the golf course, Brendan vote. You like this polo? I do. You look great. <laughs> do you know where I got it? It's my dead grandfather's. Oh, man, that was so dark. 
He told us he had a great anecdote, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> so, you look good in purple. So I walked in and I said, vote, nice polo. And he immediately turns to me and goes, thanks, it's my dead grandfather's. That's so harsh, man. We got to move on. We got to make a hard left turn. Shout out. Uh, Where's the hat from? Oh, yeah, a, so, a potential sponsor. Much okay. different. Okay. Uh, Never yeah, asking different these deal. questions again. Guys, we're only six weeks away till media day. I was doing the math today. But by math, I mean counting how many weeks it was. Six weeks. Does that feel like football hasn't even started yet? Does mm-hmm. that feel right to you, Vote? Six weeks. Uh, well, no, because my timeline's still off from how deep the Nuggets season went. Is honestly. it? That's kind of why I wanted to ask yeah, the question. Yeah, I, I do feel that way. But I'm ready for it also because I do feel there's been a shift lately to defending champs almost you know there was the period where they were the champions right Right. now it feels like we're entering defending champion territory and looking at the lay of the land i think they got a good shot at it so i definitely feel ready and the other thing that got me ready to go was the uh, aaron gordon soundboard trip oh yeah and that's just because that's again i said it on the show but that's when this stuff started last season Mm -hmm. and so that to me it's like okay they're ready for it they're feeling it i'm feeling it too yeah um man um it it feels like it's been a long summer um it feels like it kind of should be close to wrapping up it feels like we we should be getting to the season i'm good sticking in off season mode for a while me too uh, I've, I'm enjoying the off season. I'm getting a lot of good content out of it. I feel like my tweets have been pretty good. I'm, I'm ready to keep this going. Like I, I could use another six weeks of the off season, which I, is what did we you have. Just say, I feel like my tweets have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> He's like, let's keep it. Go-. There's a lot of horse racing content. Well, that, that's season. another thing. Yeah. When the season starts, horse racing season ends. So that's, I th- is that true? I don't know if that's actually Yeah, I was true. looking at the calendar the other day. They don't race in winter. No, it's a summer sport, bro. <laughs> I did I did not know that. I just assumed it was all year round because no. you can bet on it. The best part, like the best horse racing is in the summer. All right, uh, I'm with I'm with wind. I, I, well, here's what I'll say: six weeks sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, man, that feels awfully close. That feels far away. I'm like, nope, it feels right. Six weeks feels like about how much time I have to kind of ramp up towards towards media day, and then we're off to the races. But we are what three weeks away from the NFL season? Not even. I think it's two and a half, three. I think it's two and a half yeah. weeks. Definitely two and a half not weeks. counting down. So, week uh, zero, uh, college football. We get real games this week. Yeah, but I think the NFL is not till for two and a half weeks. So it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, football hasn't even started. So, of course, it's got that time. But as we've been waiting for, we did get Team USA basketball. And by mm. the way, later this week, we get the actual World Cup begins this Friday, which I'm very excited for. I will say that it does make me miss, like, as I start to see the excitement for all these teams, it does make me miss, you know, Jamal and Nicola playing in Flacco. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But Team USA, I thought, was so interesting this weekend because they had the friendly against or the, the tune-up against Germany, yeah. and they were down 16 points. They actually looked a little bit like some of the bad Team USAs that we have seen mm-hmm. in the past where you're like, they have some talented guys, but it's just clunky. Nobody seems to know what they do. Yeah, But then... Three guys kind of took over for the team. One of them, the loudest, was Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Another one was Tyrese Halliburton, who to me looks like a guy. Those two guys, to me, look like two guys making the leap from, oh, they belong with all the other guys on the court, to, oh, no, those are the two steadying forces. And then, and I hate to say it, Austin Reeves fits into that team as this very, very, very good. Captain America. (laughs) Captain America. This very good role player. They storm back from from down 16 and win almost comfortably against Franz Wagner's German team. 
Did you guys catch the? Either of you guys catch the game or highlights? Yeah, uh, I yeah. just caught the highlights and the subsequent conversation about how Anthony Edwards is now going to be the best player in the NBA. <laughs> you caught the worst part, then. You caught the worst part. Like, that's the part know, I caught. Here, here's the thing: he's diminishing it, but it was actually a super dope Anthony Edwards moment. I, so I, I'm going to put wind over here. I also, I also only saw the highlights, but it was all about Anthony Edwards, and I saw a lot of them and. You talked about this going into the tournament that when they send a, this sounds disrespectful, not meant to be, a B team, right, mm -hmm. to a tournament. Sometimes you get to see someone emerge. Right. Someone embrace the moment. And he is not afraid of it. I don't know. I'm not sure where I saw this. So sorry for the improper credit. But you see the Steve Kerr quotes about how he, this guy just knows he's the guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> on the, he's the guy. Everyone yeah. on the team knows. And in the gym, he thinks he's the best player in the gym. Yeah. It's probably right. So, it's definitely been him, I think, taking that moment, seizing that moment. Here's yeah. the thing. I don't know if he's the best player. I just know he's the top dog, right? which is sure, different. Sure, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. It's a different thing. And he's obviously one of the best players. He might be the best player. He is really dope. But his game is a little bit more like he scores buckets, guys. He doesn't do everything. He scores buckets, and he yeah. makes decent reads at everything else. So that's why I say, like, I don't know if I want to give him. Here's, the, here's, here's my comparison. Kobe Bryant in 2008, I think LeBron was the best player. I just pretty adamant about that. As great as Kobe was, LeBron did everything. Kobe was top dog, and it was definitive by the end of that tournament. Really, by the beginning. But throughout that tournament, it was, it was clear that LeBron, you can do the most important stuff, but I do the, the, the closing, or, and everybody kind of looks to me and looks up to me and all this different stuff, and I set the tone and what have you. This game was so awesome. First of all, i got to say, I've danced around this take for the last couple weeks, but I'm ready to go all in. I really love what Team USA is doing. I love what TMUSA has become and evolved to. As I keep thinking about international competition and how hard it is to work around the parameters of the NBA and what do guys want, I love that this is a platform for the next generation. Right, right. And that game to me was the ultimate. These guys, you put them all out there and let's find out who the, the guys are. And to me, that's what's so cool about it. It's Anthony Edwards. It's Tyrese Halliburton. It's not Brandon Ingram. And it's definitively not That's been Brandon one of Ingram. my takeaways from Team USA. Don't it's think, not Brandon Ingram. Don't think that's what he had in mind either. I think he was like, this will be my Carmelo era. Yeah. Carmelo era. And uh, did not, it's not working. But it, I, I, no, I, think I, I like it too. And I have to say, it's an easier version of a Team USA to root for. Because I, I know what would happen, you know? Well, I guess it's a different day and age now. But whatever. The, when LeBron was teaming up with Kobe, like, you expect that team to win. And while the expectations are still sky high here, it's just different. It's just different watching this group of younger guys try to figure it out on a stage where some programs and teams have a much stronger sense of who they are, whether that's through an ingrained philosophy or actual reps together. So I actually think it's really cool. And I'm gonna find. I found myself rooting for this team actually, even in the scrimmages, just in a way that I wasn't sure I was coming in. Yeah, I can't get as into it as you guys. I feel like why? Um, I don't know. Like I'm just not gonna go crazy for Anthony Edwards like beating the Wagner Bros. Like first of all, Franz Wagner's incredible. He's a good player. No, he's a very good player. He's, a, he's incredible. Should, if he was on this Team USA, I would want him to start. That's how good he is. He's a really good player. Over Brandon Ingram? <laughs> I mean, he's good. I wouldn't say he's incredible. I think he's incredible. Incredible. I really do. like. His, I, I like him. I was incredible thinking, would be like surefire all-star. I, I was sitting there thinking, Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner, who am I like higher on long-term? And I'm going to get to Paolo Bancaro in a second. I think I might like Franz better. 
And I'll get into why in, in a minute. I mean, I, I might too. I don't, I don't think that's that hot of a take, but oh, I've been getting um, rookie of the year. I would say so. I'll go the other way. I'll I'll take Paolo, but no, I'm No, I, I think Wagner's a great player. I mean I don't think he's incredible, but um I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's a combination of like, all right, there's no basketball going on right now. We've got to take these games like super seriously. But I do like Team USA sending younger dudes and kind of the next generation of potential great players when you put a bunch of good players out of their environment in the nba where they're all sort of the top dog i mean most of the guys that are there are the top guys in their team or what have you and then you put them together and they're all kind of competing in a different arena and then you see who rises to that i just i love the idea of players having to go into different into different environments and to see how they thrive and one of two things happens that's positive either you have the anthony edwards thing where it's like he's the top dog amongst all of these guys or you get the Austin Reeves thing, which is I know how to fit in. I know how to change my role or adapt my role to fit into these guys because I'm not the top guy. And in both cases, it's really impressive to me. And then you have guys, and Paolo Bancaro to me stood out in this last game, and he's actually stood out to me in a couple of them, as a guy that's a little bit less capable of that than I thought. And he's young. He's, like, super young, and I like him. Here's my Paolo Bancaro take. I am worried because I love Paolo Bancaro. You guys know I love bigs that can do have skill. I'm worried he's going to become Drew Hanlon-brained. He might already be. He might already be because his footwork is great. His one-on-one, like he, you can tell this is a guy who has spent a lot of time in the lab working sure. on the tiny details, and I appreciate the hell out of it. But does he know how to leverage those and other things? He's the opposite to me. And from what I, again, it's so early and he's young, so I'm not trying to like stick him with this label. It's just an idea that has popped into my head yeah. for the first time watching him, which is, is this a guy that's going to uh, figure out how to apply the skills he has while growing his skills? Or is he a guy that's going to keep growing his skill base into where he's the next Carmelo Anthony, where it's just like, man, that guy's technical footwork is unbelievable. Doesn't really make a difference year one to year seven. Like it's like the same thing, just better individual moves. I know. I really wonder if just like so many guys are doing it wrong when it, when it comes to that stuff, man. Oh, I think I mean, so. Look at Nikola Jokic and look at how he's perfected his skill set. And then look at everybody else who's locked in that gym in Brooklyn. I mean, this is the Jason. Drew Hanlon. <laughs> you hate that gym. I hate that gym. This is I, the Jason Tatum take, right? Yeah. I, there was a there was one we did a, I think we had a watch along together for Heat Celtics, and Tatum shook a guy. I mean, like one of the nastiest moves I've ever seen. And Adam goes like he goes, he gasps right. I love good footwork. No, no, love unbelievable. It. Shot goes up. Brick front rim, <laughs> fast break the other way, and it's like obviously the footwork matters. Being able to separate, we've appreciated that in some of the greats of the past, and even the guys are poking fun of our great players. But there's this fascinating question of is a player the best version of themselves? Right. And I do wonder what certain elements of of pockets of American basketball and philosophy and culture have done in terms of influencing some guys into ultimately being a like a C tier one guy when maybe there was a different way for them to play the game and, and contribute to winning. Yeah. I, the best example that you're bringing, the one that you'll appreciate the most, the best stretch of Tatum's season for you personally, do you remember when he was having the fourth quarter meltdowns and the one pass he had where remember, he just like yeah. threw it to the other team and you're like, 
what kind of read is that? Right. Like, how if you right. were a good player? Do you like, I didn't that? go over this one with Drew. Yeah, he's like, well, they doubled. Did I just? I, I mean, was supposed what? to spin Hezzy between yeah. the twigs here. <laughs> exactly. It was real bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like, I see like Hugo forty eight in the chat is really bothered by my Franz take. <laughs> let me, let me, let me he ask, doesn't like it. Let me ask this question. Germany was up 16. They collapsed in the fourth quarter, and some of this is like exhibition stuff. If you would have swapped Franz and Paolo, Paolo, by the way, barely, you know, he played but didn't play a lot. But if you made him the go-to guy for Team Germany, uh, do you think he is up 16 and in the fourth quarter, you know, doing this stuff? He wasn't even closing for Team USA. He wasn't even close to there. So is he carrying Team Germany to a fourth quarter lead against Team USA the way Franz was? By the way, Franz I mean, I didn't, wa buckets. I didn't watch the game, so I can't speak to it. But probably not because Paolo doesn't play an international game. There's also a he's he's an American player. Like he plays an Americanized game. There's also a, a a featured thing too, right? And so he's on a team where there are is already an established pecking order. And I like okay, so if he played for Team Italy, would he get to do maybe more? It's probably your, it's your time. By the now. way, did you hear the scandal behind that? There was a real scandal behind the recruitment. Italy was convinced they had him. Yeah. Convinced yeah. and really bothered that he backed out at the last second, kind of leaving them high and dry because not only was it, you know, we want him for the team, but they had like a ton of money and sponsors and stuff mm. lined up of which like all drained up after he left. So I don't blame him. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. I, and I don't blame Paolo either, like for any of this, but there, it is like, I didn't know this. The, it's, International competition is kind of becoming like NCAA, where teams are built behind the scenes. Yeah. As, it's like, how much NIL money am yeah, I getting exactly. here? <laughs> and so, like, some of these, it's just so, like, sports are so corrupt. It's so hilarious. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, I just think Franz is a player to me who is extremely, his skill set is very wide and he applies it correctly like he really does understand where his skill fits into the team concept which i think right. is the most underappreciated part of basketball and it's why one of the main reasons in my opinion why jokic's game is so hard for people to wrap their head around this is why they say things like yeah but Embiid's a better post scorer no he's not right no he's not yeah. jokic applies his skill set perfectly and Embiid makes his look unbelievably nice but it's the application that matters yeah. And to me, Franz is like a 100 at that. And Paolo is admittedly young and can grow into that. I'm he's sure. got, he's he's got all to. the tools. He's got yeah. the body. He's right. got the frame, the wingspan, the athleticism. But will he actually apply it? He might, though. But, but I, I understand the point of the question. Yeah. I do get that. See, I, I actually don't think it's a crazy take to say I would rather have Franz Wagner on my team long term than Paolo Bancaro. I actually do not think that's crazy. Um but anointing Ant after they beat Germany is is the part I well, have a problem with. I, yeah, like it's the best player in the NBA is its own. Well, we, he's not we, the best player I, in the NBA. I, I understand. Well, I, there are some tweets I think Harrison saw. But th there, we do this thing sometimes where we, we're always looking forward and looking back. Yeah. Like who's the next face? And so, I mean, like Giannis and Jokic are still going. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just, like just on one. the ascension. On probably. The, you know, yeah. I think it's actually going to be Cooper Flag. Right, right. That's that's who I think so it's like, going to be. There's a here and now that we do lose, but I did want to go circle back and put a bow on the ant thing. For me, we've talked a lot about wanting some of these guys to view themselves as stewards of the game, and and so everything from caring about the All Star game to playing as many games as you can and not load managing caring about the city you're in and then even this now it's not novel for someone to embrace team usa that's a challenge all the greats have, have taken on but there is a little bit of 
there's a there's a vacant throne, right? Who's going to be that guy for that program? Because right. there's a generation that graduated. And we're in an era where we're talking about this as an international game more than ever before. Would Team USA even win, right? So it's really cool to me that Anthony Edwards, seemingly no hesitation, looked around and said, oh, there's an open seat. No, no, uh, it's me. He didn't look around. It was innate. It was this innate. is the yeah, thing. Like yeah, watching yeah, yeah, it, it didn't go. look like a, this team needs me, so I'm going to step up. It just was in him to know it was killing time, yeah, and yeah. he made almost no mistakes. He do, just do you remember when um, Bones Highland played summer league for the Nuggets? Of course. And he like didn't practice at all. Yeah. Everybody had COVID. He just kind of walked into Flight Thomas and Mac Center, showed up an hour before the game, and played. And there was a point in the game where it was a close game in the second half, I think. And everybody just recognized that it was time to let Bones right. take over. <laughs> right, of course, right. yeah. We recognized it watching. Yeah. The coaches recognized it. Everybody on the floor recognized it. It was like, all right, Bones is our best Like, Maybe he's not our best player. Maybe it's Bull. Maybe it's somebody else. But we need to get the ball in Bones Highland's hands. He's got to go to work. Like, it's just his time to take over. And that is kind of a similar thing of what's happening with Anthony Edwards. Everybody just recognizes it. Last thing I'll say on Ant, and we got to go to break and move on, but my perfect contrast over the weekend, because you heard about Anthony Edwards, what a game he had. What you might not have heard about was that Carl Anthony Towns ejected from his I game. I saw that too. Ejected yeah. from his in game the, on the same day. He's in, in peak playoff form. In so. the silliest way possible too. It was such a cat. You've seen it, I so, assume. So he get yeah, go go for it. Oh, well, he gets called for a foul, and he gives a uh, a flailing arm, and he gets teed up immediately, and he turns around, and he mocks the tee, and is immediately tossed. <laughs> Those FIBA refs, man, they don't mess around. So Carl Anthony Towns throws a, a tantrum and gets ejected while Ant takes over in a game his team desperately needs him to be Michael Jordan, and he goes full Michael Jordan down the stretch. Scores 34 points, half of which were in the clutch. And to me, I just look at it, and I go... My take on Minnesota, they are one cat trade away from being a real threat in the West. I don't know if it's going to happen, but they Tim. are, to me, they're awfully close. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, the, all, the, the team of the decade. Let's go through the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. You'll see a real trend here are the Nuggets mm -hmm. on deck. My last take on Team USA, why was Bobby Portis in the game in the closing minutes? Winning time player, bro. That, that was I actually I, did cash I, the last like three NBA, minutes. I have so many more hot takes on this. We have time. I NBA champion. Why, I was like Bobby Portis. Do you know why? I forgot he was even on the team. Oh, he can't play Paolo, man. He doesn't know his role. But I think the other part of this is another guy whose stock to me is like on watch. I'm getting ready to move it into like a cautious, you know, sell. Jaron Jackson doesn't know where to be on the court either. Really good impact player, but in the way what, a lot. You, you take Franz Wagner over him, I'm guessing. <laughs> Let's go to break. Maybe that's where all his blocks come from. He's out of position. <laughs> anyway, to you. Broken Tee, guys. The coolest golf course. The golf course with the best vibes in all of Colorado. If you're looking to play some golf this week, this weekend, as summer turns into On fall my way. here. On my way now. You look like you're ready to go. That's you should head to the Broken Tee oh. Golf Course. And they have an award-winning practice facility, 27 total holes. They have an 18-hole championship course and challenging par three course. I love a good par three course. Stocked pro shop full of awesome gear, wall-to-wall -wall drip. They got a great restaurant at Broken Tee called Wyatt's. They have experienced teaching professionals as well. There's also a charity tournament going on September 22nd. Prize is supporting Bridge House, Tri-Cities Homeless Action. So you can participate in that as well. 
brokenteagolf.com. That's where you need to go to make a tea time. That's where you go for the latest updates and happenings around Broken Tea. If you use code DNVR10, you're going to get 10% off any round on their regulation course. Uh, golf's not cheap. We know that, especially the, this gear. Brokenteagolf.com. Make a tea time there. Use code DNVR10 for 10% off any round. Volo Sports is one of my uh, my favorite organizations. You know we're all about community at DNVR. I think we build community into life for kids. There's Little League, right? Whether it's sports, it's dance, it's cheer, it's chess, or you get the idea. Whatever your thing is, we make an effort to provide it for you. What about adults? Uh, and I love that Volo Sports provides some opportunity for us to play in leagues together. And we play together so that the kids can play for free. The Volo Kids Foundation is a separate 501c, provides free sports camps to kids in each Volo City. It is too late for the early bird registration, but fall leagues are open and it's not too late to sign up. Get your Volo Pass and start playing in leagues as a free agent today. Beer in hand, kickball, bowling, volleyball, whatever your, whatever your, uh, your muse is, We'll see you out there. Make sure to use code DNVR10 for $10 off at www.volosports.com slash Denver. All righty, we're back. Segment two. Guys, let's go through this. If I told you the 1980s, that's a decade that is defined by the Showtime Lakers, and you could say Bird Celtics as their rivalry. I think the Lakers who got five titles in that they won half the titles of the 80s. It's probably their decade, but it is a rivalry. Lakers-Celtics, yeah. and, and you get Magic and Bird. Pistons get two in there as well. You can maybe throw them in, but whatever. The 90s, unquestionably the decade of the Bulls. Are you sure? I'm definitely sure it was the decade of Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. They won six of the titles in the decade. I actually think, this is a crazy take, I think part of the mystique around Jordan is that it happened within a decade. There was no, like, 88 through 95, which makes it almost confusing. It's just cleaner to say the 90s. Everything about Jordan's career is so clean yeah. that he didn't lose in the finals, and it feels like this great thing, even yeah. though what does it matter if he lose there? The conference finals is the ultimate best team or whatever. But for him, that's clean. The fact that it happened in the 90s contained. It's like he owned a decade. It's very clean. So many things are so, so clean. True. You go to the 2000s, and the Lakers win five of the titles. They have Kobe and Shaq. Then they have Kobe and Powell. To me, you could make a case that the Spurs were a team. They won three in that decade, but I don't think so. I think it's clearly the mm -hmm. Lakers were the team of the 2000s. And then you go to the 2010s, the decade of the Golden State Warriors. Dominated more, almost more than half. They dominated at set records at all these different things. I don't think that's very controversial to say, other than Lakers-Celtics, and then you had Spurs making a little case here or there, whatever. 2000s is now the Lakers won in 2020, Bucks won in 2021, the... Warriors got one in in 2022, and then the Nuggets in 2023. We're not quite halfway there, but it's wide open. There's no one player. If you look at the legacy of this, Steph Curry and LeBron each getting one. Le on their way out, I doubt that either one of those guys individually is going to own the rest of the decade sure. just because it's like... Fair, you know, fair guess. Fair guess. Giannis's Bucks and Giannis in particular you know, have a, a, a case... Denver has one, so they're already on the track. And then you could look at a future team. Maybe it's a Celtics. Maybe it's one of these young teams that you think they could string together a handful. Maybe it's the Suns or, or this or that. But it's Probably wide not, but I get what you mean. But to me, it seems like it's wide open. And if I were handicapping it, Harrison, I think Denver has best odds. Well, it's hard to see it being the Lakers just because LeBron's, you know, entering the twilight of his career. Anthony Davis 
we know, you know, the case with him when push comes to shove. And if it's like a different iteration of the Lakers years from now, that's going to be kind of a tough sell as team of the decade. The Warriors definitely vibes that, you know, they're not going to be the same team, the same group as we get into like, you know, 2025, 2026, 2027. It's really the Nuggets, maybe the Bucks. And if you had to look at those two teams, I mean, they both have a championship so far, but the Nuggets definitely have more staying power. You know, if you just look at Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, you lock those two in. That's staying power. You know, you're gonna those two guys are gonna be on the Nuggets at least, you know, for the next five years together. They're under contract for that, or Jamal Murray will soon be. And then you look at just like all the pieces, the stability around them in terms of front office, coaching staff, like they have all the ingredients to be the team of the decade. And I mean, I think out of the teams that have a championship so far this decade, it's going to be between them or the Bucks. Right. It's the problem with this, these exercises or what makes them difficult. I should say is that we're inclined to project the way we see things now down the line in a league with such a rapidly changing landscape. And what makes it so difficult to be the team of the decade is you can have your core, but things around you are constantly in flux. So it does look that way right now. I honestly don't. I thought a lot. Don't have much, much of a counter argument. There's an interesting element to this, too, of maybe the big change already happened with that Kevin Durant trade. Didn't make a dent in Denver's run last year. They do get a full training camp. They've added Bradley Beal. We'll see what they do. Outside of star movement, though, Denver's so far ahead of the curve because you can't build what they built overnight. They got here through the slow build, the slow grind, right? They didn't skip any steps. And I don't know if you can just replicate that, you know, at, at, at an accelerated pace. Finally, for me, there is this element of I, we, we're going to learn a lot about Jamal and Jokic here I, just because they're the leaders. Not that I, I assume otherwise, but you just never know how they respond to a title. Do they want to be the team of the decade? Right. Do they want to win again? Was that good enough for them? Right. I'm assuming the answer is yes, but we just don't know, right? Defending championship is a different, different thing. A title makes you immortal because you always have it. But there's plenty of one-off title teams that are not, I wouldn't want to say forgotten, but that are like just lesser than. You know, if you think about the Blazers with, with Bill Walton, that's a championship and it counts and it's iconic, but nobody thinks of the Blazers as this like all-time team of sure. the 70s or, or, or what have you. But every team that gets two, I don't know if there's a single one that's not thought of at least in some capacity of having their era. And then, of course, if you do manage to get three over any stretch, you might you probably are going to be the team of a, the decade or, or what have you. So for me, that that's probably what it takes. Here's where you have here's where Denver has a good case. Are we sure Giannis is going to be in Milwaukee in 2026? It feels like, I think we should say probably, because the field versus you know the team or whatever, like it's more likely that he stays than goes, but whatever. With Yoke, it almost feels like a lock, knock on wood, but it almost feels like a lock that he'll play his career until he retires, which will probably be towards the end of the decade, but either way, he'll play in Denver. Then you think, about, all right, what about number twos? Is Drew Holiday going to be in Milwaukee for the next two, three, four seasons? Even that seems like I don't know, 
Middleton almost seems, you know, who knows. Whereas with Jamal Murray, I think we all feel pretty confident that he's going to spend a lot of time. So not only is Jokic going to be there, but Murray's going to be there. So the stability of, okay, this is going to be have a continuity to it, I think is very, very high. And then on top of that, like you said, they've already got one. For a team like Boston to pass them, they wouldn't just have to – they would have to win one to tie Denver. Right. Then they'd have to win, continue winning. Well, you also have to think about the age of the Bucks' core. Right. Giannis in his prime. Chris Middleton – 33 drew holiday 32 i think that's how old those guys are i mean they're on the downsides of their careers injuries have cropped up with those guys you just can't pencil them in to being you know second and third best players on championship teams for that many more years drew's 33 and he'll be a 35 year old unrestricted free agent in 2025 yeah we're with the nuggets Nicole Jokic, no signs of slowing down. Jamal Murray is kind of a, On the up, man. a young 26. Yeah. He's a young 26. I mean, he's got kind of – he's 26, but he didn't play one of those years. Um, Aaron Gordon, younger than you think, still has a lot left in the tank. Like They just have more staying power than the Bucks do. Who, who are the other threats? So I said Boston just because they've been to a finals now and they have those young pieces. I think who else is a real threat to be team of the decade? Phoenix feels like they have a smaller window, but the window could they would have to win like three in a row. There's a weak argument because they might only have three years to do it. They did go to a finals though in this decade, so that kind of counts as for just kind of maybe if they get two. I don't think this is going to happen, but I don't know. Maybe there's a Memphis fan somewhere saying don't count us out, you know, as a group and a core. I don't think they're going to get one. I'm just trying to think of groups, you know. Well, Oklahoma City, they're like a ways away, but but they're like, they might have to wait their turn, dude. Denver, but it might be 27, 28, 29. They'd have to do that. It's kind of what I mean. So, Mm -hmm. I look as far as what we're getting at the staying power. It is Denver, and that's what both both regimes in this front office worked so hard to maintain through a lot of temptations and good reasons to, you know, jump ship or skip steps. The idea was always, always, even through the the purgatory years, no matter what we do, we want those five, right? Or those four plus KCP. And and the that's the thing is some teams get titles at the end of their rope, but Denver has a title with some room in front of them to run here. So it's exciting. The other team that there's a slight, slight possibility it could be, I don't think it will be, but I think they're in the conversation is Miami. Yeah. If Miami was to somehow win the championship next year. They went to a couple finals in the yeah, 20s. It could be them. I don't think it will be them. They're way behind Denver, but it, it could be. And then <laughs> a sneaky team getting into this, whether it's through trade or what have you, they just the clock would have to start now. You know what I mean? Like if there was a the Knicks – make a trade that somehow yeah. lounds them a superstar and it's like, okay, they start rattling them off. They're just so far behind. Right. They'd have to start winning right now. And I, you know, maybe Embiid and Dame go somewhere, but I, even, even that hypothetical team, I'm, I just think Denver's ready. I think Denver's ready to at least walk into a seven game series with any configuration right now. I feel like there's also, if you go by decade, a player, you don't just have to do this for a team. The 80s is clearly Magic and Larry, right? The, very definitively, the two of them together. 90s is clearly Michael alone. 2000s is like Kobe, Shaq, Duncan, I would say. So maybe you would even say Shaq and Duncan might be the guys of the decade. I think Kobe probably belongs in there as well. Kobe, Shaq, I think. Kobe, Shaq more than Kobe, Duncan? Yeah. 
<laughs> Duncan was in the fun, like the conference finals every single year I for know. an entire decade. I think, well, he but was. he's so quiet. This is going to happen to Yo. I'm so defensive of Duncan just because I know how it's going to go with Jokic. Jokic's going to win five titles in the two, 2020s, and he's going to be somehow the second player of the decade yeah. behind it's gonna be Booker. The decade of Drew Hanlon. <laughs> Drew, Han- <laughs> Drew Hanlon's yeah. number one. <laughs> No, it's going to be Tatum. They Tatum's play, they play the NBA championship in that freaking gym. Yo, he's going to have four, but they're yeah. going to be like, Tatum, man. He that was in decade. the conference finals every year for yeah, a decade. That decade was unbelievable oh, that Tatum man. had. Just just nobody nobody on his level. I do like this, this sort of question, though, for me of are the Nuggets going to be a Mavs, a Bucks, or a Spurs? And when I said, you know, usually teams at the end of the rope, I kind of mean the disruptors, the unusual suspects, as opposed to these dynasties and, you know, X many faces that have kind of dictated the history of the league. Every now and then you get these like San Antonio, but they turned it in. They right. turned it into to that for argument for team of the decade, you know, one of the best teams and eras ever. And so Denver, my point when I when I was talking about those five is just that Denver is clearly gunning for that. This wasn't a, all the chips in, let's just get one. They were they've been put they've been going for that the entire time. But yeah. here here's the thing I was getting at with the players. So if we go to the 2000s and we have Kobe, Shaq, maybe Duncan in there. But again, it's not one guy. If you get to the 2010s, you might say it's LeBron, but Steph won too many titles in, during that stretch. That I feel like it's the decade of LeBron and Steph. Yeah. Which means LeBron didn't have his own decade. Magic and Larry didn't didn't have their own decade. Kobe, Shaq didn't have their own decade. Only Michael Jordan, this is part of the mystique, has his own decade. And the 2020s, there's just a tiny chance that it's the Jokic decade. And yeah. there is no, like, it was the Jokic and. It was just like, that was the Jokic decade. Well, three MVPs and, you know, multiple titles would have done it. On that note, and I'm not trying to, within the context of this conversation, not meant to be a tangent, do you think Jokic will ever win another MVP? Will he allow himself to be I, in that running? So I had this conversation. Probably next year. I ha- I had this conversation with Matt Moore yesterday. The narrative to me is completely washed away with him. The, the like you can there's nothing you can throw at him and say now his stats if they just look remar- anywhere remotely like the best player there's nothing right. you can be like well that's just the stats. Right. You can't even if they're a bad defensive team you can't even say well he doesn't play defense that doesn't fly. We know he plays defense when it matters. There's nothing you can throw at him now narrative wise so then the question just becomes is he going to play like the best player and yes because he always does. That's a good that, the right. 65 well, game threshold is going to help him too. Well, there's that. That's the only guy. You're right. That's yeah. The only guy. I mean, but how I, many guys are going to play 65? I'm I'm just curious to what extent for the rest of his career, Jokic looks at the regular season as, you know, all right, I'm just, I'm getting Jamal going. I'm getting Mike going. Right. I don't care. I, you know, I'll be ready to go. But he, I guess he, he already did, does he that. He did that last and year. And he walked in. I mean, MVPs. what is that? What are the stat line for that mentality, Jokic? Give the stat line. 25, 13, and 10. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying. Maybe it's 23, but it doesn't matter. Either way, it's a triple double. Does he throw it in March every year, is what I'm saying? Is he <sighs> like, all right, I'm done shooting? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I forgot to say this at the top of the hour. DNVR brought home the three on three title. Let's go. What? Hey guys, we brought home the three on three wow. title at the. Uh, Why didn't we leave the show I with know, this? I forgot. I forgot. I so, saw a clip. The defense was intense. The, 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 yeah, you were Jokic in March. We were, we were up by enough. In Houston. We were up by enough. What do we have to do? I oh. was Jokic. This oh. was a full oh. Jokic in March performance by, by yours truly. But I will say, we, did, we lost to a team that featured professional players that had nothing to do with media. Beat Wait, my who, high sports. Who? Be altitude. You know, comfortably win. 
pretty dominant performance. That's what Keyboard I hear. Dev, you know, we were we were we were having a good time. And then there was this ringer team of like a guy from CU, a guy who used to play with the Celtics for like seven years. Who? I can't remember his name. I was told his name is. I mean, he's my age, so he's an older guy, but still. Used to play with the Celtics. Yeah. Did you say? And no. And also, you know, it was like a co-ed <laughs> league. All men on that team. <laughs> it was a little so. And by the way, you want to know how much we lost by? One bucket, and we had the ball at the end. I of thought. The, I thought they said. Yeah, I'm confused. You said you won. We did win, but the media version. There was media, and then there was one team of Celtics players. Oh, so. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we had a shot. So to win you it. beat all the scrub media teams, but then lost. I'm just saying we're closer. Was to it the, Paul we're, Pierce? We're closer to the professionals than we were to the media teams. Yeah, is the okay. only point. But right. the media ones. Ray Allen. You know, we we win there. So, so was, shouts to Jenna Garcia. Shouts to Superstar Dev. You and your boy, Superstar Dev Jenna Garcia. Okay. Yeah, versus the Celtics. <laughs> we had a shot to. You tie. guys were Jokic, Jamal, Michael Porter Jr. That's right. Let's take who, a break. Who was getting side. frozen out? Jenna. <laughs> Let's get to the ad reads here. <laughs> Kind Love is excited to be an official partner of DNVR and support another local brand. Kind Love, go there for all your marijuana-related needs. There you go. One of the first dispensaries in Colorado. They were established in 2010. They are known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. Fully integrated seed to sale. They breed their own genetics. They control the grow process and packaging. A true farm-to-table experience. They also have a game-changing new product, TurboCore. TurboCore is a 100 milligram stick that looks like a toothpick. A full-spectrum cannabis concentrate designed with a pointed tip so you can easily slide it into any joint, blunt, or cigarette to instantly infuse it. Cigarette? <laughs> you can do that. Wow. Yeah, hell of a crossfit. That is quite a move. <laughs> um, turbo joint, they have that as well using that same technology. 0.7 grams of whole bud, 0.3 grams of turbo keef. You can get it all at Kind Love. You can visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR when you come in. Get the DNVR exclusive discount, 25% off. All Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. You can also go to their website kindlove.com use the code dnvr for online ordering and view their full extensive menu hey letting loose recreationally what's wrong with that some of you like the bud some of you might like the breckenridge brewery you know we love them at dnvr how about the mountain beach sour it's only six bucks at our bar you can also check out the breck beer locator at breckbeer.com to find the nearest mountain beach sour it's a good one it's a good one for the summer i Personally, sours sometimes scare me off because they're intense. This one, subtle enough, good flavor. And like I always say, Breck, no matter how much they experiment with giving you new tastes, they never lose that core, that essence of beer if you're looking for beer. So check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Alrighty, and we are back. Kale, let's dig into this mailbag. People Ooh, send us their questions. Let's, let's see what people are asking. What are the streets saying? You want to read these off, vote? Hey, sure, man. Or is, yeah. All right, Victor rewatched all the playoff games for the title run. Don't ask how many times. And the most valuable part Brown played was a change of pace guy. Do the Nuggets have a guy that can push the pace and put the defense on their heels this year now that Brown is gone? What do you think, Wind? Yeah, and I think it's Christian Brown. When I was watching, um, I watched the last like five minutes of game five against the Heat. And one of the most underrated plays of the closing minutes of the Nuggets championship was when Bruce Brown got an offensive rebound. 
and put it back oh, in. Oh, yeah. And it was immediately after Michael Malone subbed him in for Michael Porter Jr. It was a key substitution. It was a yep. key play. A Denver play. needed a bucket. It's one of the more underrated plays in the last five minutes. And I watched that, and I was thinking to myself, I could see Christian Brown doing exactly that. <laughs> It was a funny delivery, but I'm with I you. You're not wrong. I'm sure you see him. I could sure. see him grabbing many, many offensive rebounds. This isn't why I don't get why you're laughing at no, this. No, you're it, right. You're right. I could see him grabbing that. that same offensive rebound yeah. and putting it back in when Denver like needs a bucket, and yeah. he just finds a way to create a play like that. I've said it all summer. I think we're underrating the jump that Christian Brown can make, specifically offensively from year one to year two. Mm. I think he can push in transition similar to Bruce Brown. I think he's going to be just the kind of finisher that Bruce Brown was. I think he's a similar athlete, probably even a better all-around athlete. And I think, again, we're just kind of underrating how much he'll be able to fill in that role next year. Well, okay, Harrison, how do you, what's the most important thing that has to happen before you start a fast break? You have to get a stop. Yeah. And I just think that's part of it, right? It's like you, he's going to help you get stops, and then it's the transition part. It rebounds yeah. well from his position for his size. I really think the fundamental difference is ball handling. I also think Bruce's ball handling actually wasn't exceptional by any means, but it's something he does in a way Christian doesn't necessarily. He can on a fast break. He can on transition. Yeah. So, by the way, when laughing aside, you were all over it his rookie year. I see no reason why it, it can't be right this year. Um, but it's just hilarious. Do you remember when you tweeted, uh, if I'm Team USA, I'm looking for a guy like Christian Brown. <laughs> that, that was 100% serious hey, take Austin, as well. Austin, I'll tell you, he'd be, better he'd, be than, he'd be player than, better than Bobby Portis. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, Austin it. Reeves is on the team and shining, so there's something to Super Bowl players. I will say, though, it's I'm going to disagree, though, with Wind. I think that he is part of the equation. I think there's a two-headed monster that replaces him, and the other half is Peyton Watson. You know, when you talk to, you know, the front office and guys around the team, and you ask them about Peyton Watson, the number one thing they say about his offensive game is, well, he's an elite transition player. Yeah, yeah. He's really good in the open court because he has actually a really good handle, especially in open court. Does he have the subtle nuances of running pick and roll? That's like a different kind of handle. But the you're running full speed, how well do you control left, right, dribble, you know, whatever – downhill running how well do you do that he's elite at it an elite athlete and he's so long so to me bruce was a one-man wrecking crew in that way he'd get the block on kd you know he makes the big time plays and then he's sprinting in a surprisingly phenomenal dunker right yeah. when he had that but i think that christian and peyton both combined are guys that are going to you remember the back to back to back dunks yeah. one of the best yeah. moments of the regular season I think we're going to get moments like that next year because of those two guys both being good in the open court and mm -hmm. being good at creating open court opportunities. Yeah. I also think people forget Bruce Brown had a great start to the regular season. Then kind of Yeah. Then kind of faded a little bit yeah, for as sure. the regular season went on. For sure. Specifically on the defensive end. Yeah. And then like picked it up in the playoffs and you know obviously throughout the playoffs he was incredible. Um but if you actually like really try to compare them, Christian Brown shot 35% from three last year. What do you think Bruce Brown shot from three last year? 37? 35. Okay. So they shot around the same three-point percentage. And um, really offensively, I, I think there's less of a gap there than we might think. What else we got, Kale? 
Oh, yeah. 31 in. Saw this question on the timeline, and it was interesting to see different responses. How many players in the Nuggets squad do you think are untouchable trade-wise? This is this question that is becomes a downer because it's like you don't want to trade people, but untouchable is a different thing than like you don't want to trade. I think there's two untouchable players. I agree. I agree. And I think there are three more that are almost untouchable but it's like come on man like if Giannis comes calling like sure, these guys become right. touchable yeah it's like you're only trading Aaron Gordon if you're getting a Giannis right same with KCP probably you you're only giving those guys up if you're getting a player of Giannis's caliber which just I mean it's not happening so I think AG is in Maybe that not. that fan Never version of untouchable right. which doesn't yeah, matter because totally. you're not yeah. in the front office but I do I again though it has to be a tier one guy. Right. That's what we were saying all show. Denver prefers their starting five over any configuration in the league, I think. So unless it's Luka, unless it's Giannis. And even then, honest to goodness, I think they'd think long and hard about it. Because just the fit, the point, I think so. maybe the lesson we learned from Denver's title among all others, A, it's important to have Jokic on your team. But B, why did they win? And I think it's, you know, I think we all prefer to think in our minds it was the don't skip steps part right i think there's no question about it and then the young guys again they don't want to trade them but they're all touchable just depending on I what mean, the yeah. deal is so um i will say this i saw Fra- in the timeline perhaps but i agree over the weekend i saw the like would denver trade dame for murray straight up or something like this and i, I it's hilarious Do you because remember those? <laughs> be, well no i saw it yesterday I know, I know. or this morning or something and it's funny because you, if you really break it down, like if you said who's better, Dame or Murray, 99.9% of the NBA fans would say Dame, and this is the easiest question on, on earth. But here's what's funny. We know Denver can win with Murray, and not only can, can dominate, and we know that Murray is going to be better for longer than Dame, right? He's younger, so there's like... Dame is kind of at the end of his window, in my opinion. Like, I don't know that there's three more good Dame years in there. We'll find out. There should be 10 more years or eight more years of good Murray play. So we know Denver can get it done with Murray. We know that chemistry is great. We know that the defensive part checks the box between those two. Why on earth would you trade that even if he was better? Adam, I don't know if that's more insulting to me or Jamal. That's insulting. Thanks, Tim. It's a question you explore before the title. Yeah, yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. And by the way, that's when it first came up. And now that's my favorite part we have there is a correct answer to this question right it's the it's the group that just won the first title ever for the this org and, so yeah and murray I, I guess technically untouchable i mean there's only one on maybe three untouchable players in the whole nba right so and murray's not one of them but he's untouchable in that if luca was available for murray i think denver might do it but i'm not 100% I, sure. I don't think they would even even that trade no I don't think they would trade Jamal Murray for Luka Doncic. No. What about Giannis? I think they'd think about it. My point being, Murray is effectively untouchable because the only scenario you would trade him is one that's not going to arise anyway. Let's take a quick break on the other side. We'll try to hit three or four more of these mailbag questions. Oh, man, everything's fun after a title. Shady Rays, guys, <laughs> so take fun. on the sun with gear built to last. Shady Rays, they have you covered. You can go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, 50% off, two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you want to shop in person, you can do that as well. Park Meadows Mall, Shady Rays has a location right there. Coolest part about Shady Rays is they have 
awesome customer service. They take care of you if you make a purchase for them. If you lose or break your pair of Shady Rays, even on day one, they'll hook you up with a brand new pair. Do you know how I don't lose my Shady Rays? Do you never wear them? No, I have I have a pair in every place of, in my life. I have one at the house, I have one in my bag, and I have one in my car. So I always have a pair close by. There you go. But I in case that. you do lose them, you can get a free pair, even on day one. Also, if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. No questions asked. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Man, that's so cool. Looking cool is cool. You know what else is cool? Being a DNVR diehard. Oh, my god! For so many reasons, like discounts on events. Wait, did I just say events? Because we have an event to plug. Fellas? Oh, my goodness, guys. This is a big one. Do you want to let it rip? Right. I want to hear what you got. Listen, man. This Friday, we want you to come to the DNVR bar for a live show experience. Mm. We're planning it. It's Yeah, it's a live pod, but if you know us, you know we blow these things out. We want you to feel like there's a reason you're in that bar, and it's not just to listen to the pod. It's to be a part of the show, hang out with us, and come get your book signed. If you have the Golden Era book, Bring it to us. We'll sign it. Talk nugs with you. Also, you which DNVR beat is the best, would you guys say? It's Nuggets, right? Yeah. It's Nuggets. I would say The so. Avs had theirs. The Broncos had theirs. The Buffs have had theirs. They've all been good. We want ours to be great. Can you help we us? We want it to be like, hey, man, who had that? It's the Nuggets. We I want to take some dope Pack pictures. The bar. Everybody was involved. Like laughing, clapping. It's a good time. We will uh, we'll sign your books if you want. You can buy the book at the bar. Come hang out with us and a whole lot of diehards. Talk nugs. Who doesn't want to talk nuggets right now? What a treat. What a treat. All right, back here. Kale, rapid fire. Let's go quick on these ones, boys. My bad. Will MPJ finally average 30 minutes a game this upcoming season? I think so. What did he average last year? Like 29. 29. <laughs> yeah, I'll say so. I'll say yeah. I honestly think no Bruce means yes. I'll say yes. I'll say yes as well. Our boys all grow up. Malone, on the other hand, he's still he's like, like no. I-, <laughs> I just love what Justin Holiday brings off that bench. The staggered lineups. Phil Q, oh, we all know what he's talking about here. Did MPJ mean to go behind the back to front between his legs on that fast break in game five? We've never seen him try anything like this, and he saves it for game five of the so finals. I have a real take about this. The answer is no, but at the same time, it wasn't a mistake. So here's what I mean. When you work in, on basketball, you can't basketball something <clears throat> random happens on every sequence, right? You have skills and then your brain applies those skills like rapid fire, right? To me, was he thinking I'm going to split the difference and go through legs? Absolutely not. But it was somewhere in there. That skill set was somewhere in there and it just manifested itself in real time into one of the sexiest slash accidental moves of the in entire game playoffs. five of the NBA finals. <laughs> the NBA final. It was an incredible. Look at this play. Boop. Oh my! And I'm telling you, like this is a the smooth thi- recovery. This is the thing about Mike. I'm not kidding about this thing about your brain has this. Do you guys remember the video of him in high school, like as a sophomore? He actually was a phenomenal one-on-one player. Yeah, that was his thing. He was a great. And then the injuries have kind of zapped some athleticism and some development. This or that. Michael Porter has more bag in him that is, I think, zapped from some development. So some of it's like rustier, this or that. But he has it in him. It's like that was his subconscious bag coming out. I actually think, too, you know, it's funny to look back at the old Will Barton tweet, which is prophetic, except except that he says he has a handle. But here's the thing. Porter is... (laughs) Porter did. I think he did. Porter's like near, just about seven feet tall, and he's had three back surgeries. And you can even see it in that clip, man. He can't dribble because he 
can't, can't move, really bend can't over. Bend, yeah. Can't really get low. But I, this guy's been playing an insane amount of basketball his entire life. Right. So to your point about the reps and the brain, this guy is a basketball player, man. This is what he does. Mm-hmm. You with it too, Harrison? We just guessing yeah, up MPJ. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. Subconscious. That was his subconscious move. All right, what else we got? Nuggets in five. Which current and former Nugget players would we hate the most if they were never on the Nuggets, but on rival teams? This is not a question about players like Nurkic, for example. So, would we hate the most if they were never on the Nuggets, but they were Blazers? <laughs> Pro- probably Michael Porter. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to throw Faku out there. Oh, Faku, <laughs> if, we would have If I it. hadn't watched Michael Porter's whole career. Yeah, I agree with that. And if I hadn't watched him go from a god-awful defender to a perfectly fine defender, and I, if I hadn't seen him take you know the steps in his game and grow into the player he is now and just kind of to fit perfectly alongside Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, I'd probably hate Michael Porter. And also, he's just, again, we follow him so close that we see this, what appears to be a pretty good person, right? right. Yeah. Who has some sound bites that maybe are unpopular, you know, right. especially online. It's a good point. And I think that this should be a lesson to you because there's a lot of players, and I'm not talking about the Kyries who have repeatedly got in front of the sure. mic. And, like, I think he is actually just revealing who he is. But there are athletes who you don't know that well, but you only know one thing they've ever said in some context that is beyond you. That's you just know very the one, true. Yep. I just know he said this one thing, and... And he looks like that, and I don't like this guy. And I think that Michael Porter is the ultimate of that. I remember I went on Sarah Spain's show one time. This was like three or four years ago. And Does she, she know that? <laughs> she And she asked me about Michael Porter, and she said something like, yeah, but off the court, he's a pretty bad dude. Something to that. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I was like, I think he's a pretty good guy, you know, pretty good head on his shoulders. And she was like so offended by me saying this. She's like, oh, well, we have to disagree about this. And I was like... Right. Oh, you're saying because he said that thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, right. oh, I got no, it. The no. Snapchat thing. Yeah. The Snapchat thing. Okay. Yeah. That's what you're. No. Doing the about. the vaccine one. Yeah. If he's yeah. on the Wizards, you go. Oh, he's a goof. Yeah. Right. He's a goof. And right. Move on. Right. Oh, right. no defense. All offense. No, but, selfish. But my point is, there are guys who have a one-off comment that kind of defines no them in some way, and yeah. it's like, hey, I don't know. Maybe there's more to them, and there's like most people, parts of them you don't agree with, right. and parts you do. Right. All right. What else we got? We got time for one more. We got one more. All right. Let's do it. Hefe. Hefe. Summertime is list and ranking season. Snake draft season too. Don't forget. Don't forget. Why does every ranking still have Jamal Murray outside the top five point guards with a consensus behind guys like De'Aaron Fox? I have not seen these rankings, but I'm ready to get upset anyway. Seems like playoff success has only mattered when trying to discredit Jokic MVPs. We just got a downvote for this question. (laughs) (laughs) Jamal Murray level of respect hasn't changed much. Yeah, um, the conversation with Jamal is is weird, you know, it because now it's pivoted to oh he hasn't done it in the regular season, which is just hilarious. And I actually think a real reason why his numbers aren't more inflated in the regular season is because he's on a stack team and actually tries to point guard Man. like a traditional point guard does. Ten out of ten take. He's actually talked about this. Now, Jamal has talked about this, how part of his job in the Nuggets offense is to set guys up, run his team, put other guys in position to score, to get buckets. And he actually, I think, enjoys playing the role of a traditional point guard at times. Could he average 25 a game? Yeah, he might next year. Like He's that good of a player. But 
him playing with Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, KCP, he tries to be a traditional point guard, especially in the regular season. And that dumbs down his numbers a little bit. And um, I think that's a reason why he's probably, in my opinion, he might assume the title of just most underrated player in the NBA. He might take that. I don't think Mike Conley still holds that, but he held that for like 10 years. Yeah, he did. He had a long time. I could see Jamal Murray holding that as the guy everybody looks at and goes, that guy's the most underrated player in the NBA because look what he does in the playoffs. Right. And then the regular season, you know, he's just outside the top five, according to a lot of people. I mean, I think he's definitely in there. I think he's clearly better than De'Aaron Fox. I think he's probably better than Dame Lillard. I do think I understand. Of course. If you're trying to do the national analyst thing, there you, go. you get into direct juxtaposition, and that would lead you to, like SGA we talked about with Canada. It's a right. perfect example. There, That guy is it dominates the regular season in a way we'll never see Jamal do it. But from the Denver perspective... This is why I would have loved Murray, by the way, on Team Canada, because I do think there could have been a LeBron-Kobe dynamic where it's like Shea's the Me best player. Too. But... Murray is the top dog. I agree, man. I thought that would have been really cool. And I know people thought we were crazy for that conversation, but it's... It was possible. So I do get that just body of work, like top five point guards. I think it's easier if you're making a list to just go like, well, look at what he's done. But yeah, you just are, numbers to numbers. numbers. But you are right that it creates this hilarious dynamic of... He's, he's maybe the first guy ever where you go, well, we're just waiting. To, we're just waiting to see him do it in December, you know? That's pretty funny. Maybe this is the year. Lastly, I sent you real quick. We talked about the Sambor shuffle. I predicted last year KD would be the first NBA player to adopt it. Um, Jordan Poole. Perfect. Jordan Poole. Not the hero we asked for, but is first of all, is this a Sambor? Is that a Sambor? Do you guys see this? It's on the screen. It's the Harden. It, there was a video that came out over the weekend of him trying what appears to be a sideways walking Sambor from from 19 feet on the baseline, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do we feel about I mean, I th I'm going to go ahead and call it kind of a Sambor. I mean, it, it's a little sexier. Fundamentally, it's a Sambor. The Yogic's Sambor is so much clunkier looking in a way that like makes it more... Like, this looks like an actual move. There's a crossover right. kind of involved. Jokic but almost just does fundamentally a it is a sambor, I believe. But it's it's such a wider. It's the Harden. Remember Harden it's, was working yeah, yeah. on this like three years ago, yeah. and they the never used it. The best part about the sambor shuffle is you don't really create an advantage with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's like an inch of space. The best part of the sambor shuffle is it's a bad shot. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a, you're not actually like making a move on your defender. I don't think. No, but for Jokic, it's he just needs. An inch, and it's, yeah. there's two seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, with, and he's so good at it for some reason. But with great power comes great it's responsibility. The most hilarious signature shot ever. <laughs> and I just don't know if Jordan Poole is that he that shot from that spot on the floor with 19 seconds yeah. left in the shot clock because he plays for Washington. See that Jordan Poole is creating enough space with that where he might be creating an advantage because it's such a sidestepping right. move. Yeah, the actual Sambor shuffle, you're <laughs> not yeah. moving that much. <laughs> well, isn't so it you're sometimes... moving like a foot to your right. Yeah, but even so, yeah, yeah. Jokic, I would say in all actuality, Jokic probably moves about four to five feet to his right, and Jordan Poole moved about eight or nine feet. It's an actual crossover, like sidestep. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is. Of all the players I could have picked to do this Sambor, so Jordan Poole is not near who, the top 50 of guys I would have Who hoped. was the other guy? Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, you exactly. Remember? Oh, it's so good. You know what would be really funny? 
if Jordan Poole starts doing that and it like catches on. That's what happened with Kobe. And people start calling it like the Jordan Poole. This is what I always say. This is what happened with Kobe. Dirk was doing it for like seven years. And then one year Kobe's like, you know what? That's kind of useful. He adopted it. And then everyone started shooting the Dirk. So I don't think Jordan Poole has that cachet. But you know what? We'll find out. Shouts to him for at least trying it. Um, I, I do we'll think I'm going to watch some heavy Jordan Poole in Washington minutes to start the year. Yeah, I'll bet you right. I won't. I'm, uh, I'm pretty right, curious. Thanks for hanging us. Hopefully we made your Monday just a little bit better, a little bit brighter as we talk some nugs. Again, the defending champions, Denver Nuggets. We're going to be back all week with brand new shows. Eric will be back with us tomorrow. Hit that like button on the way out. See you tomorrow.